good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are live right here on rumble.com slash LFA TV. This is Rise Up episode number 289. We are on our way to episode number 300, and I couldn't be more happy and more thankful uh, for what we've accomplished in the last 289 episodes. What do I mean by what have we accomplished? Well, (laughs) how many miles have we traveled with Jesus in these last 289 episodes? If you look back to where you were in your relationship and your journey with Jesus a year and three months ago, if you look back to when you, where you were, you know, almost a year and a half ago, I don't think you'd be able to see it physically with a pair of binoculars, maybe a telescope, but definitely not a pair of binoculars. That's, that's how much we've accomplished. That's how much we've achieved. And what we've accomplished and achieved isn't a physical or material thing. It is a spiritual achievement that is so great that there's no way to explain it in an earthly uh, fashion. It is a spiritual explanation. And that spiritual explanation is that we are not able to see where we started. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that in itself a blessing? That we're not able to see where we started. That we are so far along in this last year and a half that I can't even remember the sins that were committed a year and a half ago. I know how far I've come, and that's a good thing. KC 2022, Friday gift card to Jeremy. Keep spreading that gospel. Well, I'll tell you what. I took my wife out for, for a, uh, uh, appetizers and dessert the other night with your donations. And we kept it simple. Eli, the bill only came to $44. $44. Each of us had um, uh, uh, an appetizer. Each of us had a dessert. Coffee, water, whatever it is we had for drinking. And it was only $44. Now, in today's world, that is like, whoa, it was only 44 bucks for you to go out. But the good thing about it was, was the whole time we were out there, we realized that $44 came from you guys. It came from you guys so that we could go out. Eli and Liz, when they, when they get uh, money for lunch, they know that it came from you guys. And I just want to say that it's so... I'm so thankful for that. My wife and I never get to get away from the kids. And the other night I said, hey, uh, you know, some LFA family members donated some money for us to go out and, uh, you know, have something to eat or something. She's like, I was like, would you like to go tonight? And she's like, uh, it was last minute. We only, and it was only an hour and 20 minutes. And that's all we did. Just an hour and 20 minutes. And it was like the greatest thing of the week. I see we have a couple birthdays in here. I see I know for sure we have um, Kelmar and Purple Snowflake. So how about let's get to it. Happy birthday 
to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Al Kelmar and Purple Snowflake. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Many, many more to come, I'm sure. $44, I know. I know, we had, uh, what we have? We had uh, cheese curds, these little cheese ball, fried cheese ball things. Um, we had uh, like this um, crab ragoon dip stuff with these chips. And we had creme brulee and ice cream. I had coffee and water and whatever my wife had to drink. 44 bucks. And I was like, that's the best 44 bucks I ever spent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Usually you can't go out for that much, you know, but we didn't get an app. We didn't get it out an entree. So um, let's get to today's show, shall we? Because we were late as it is. Uh, folks, ever since Tucker Carlson dropped the interview with Vladimir Putin, um, Rumble and our website, and I'm sure Tucker's website and many, many, many others have been being attacked. We have been attacked more, Eli, in the last week and a half than we were attacked for the last three months prior to that. So I don't know what that means other than when you're doing something right, that is when the devil and the evil that, it, that, that exists on this planet comes after you. Uh, C. Gagnon, are you still losing weight? Must be the lean. Just be the lean. Yes, it is. I am still losing weight. And uh, I'm doing nothing different from what I was doing other than adding the lean. And this is the end of my third week with lean. So it definitely is working. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Um, Eli, Tim and Gina just gave a gift card for you for 20 bucks. A $20 gift. So maybe when you get done today, Eli, surprise your wife. There's been a couple $20 donations for you. Take her and... Uh, Go out, for, go out for a drink and dessert. It's always really nice. Um, yes, they are attacking him. So what I was getting at is that we were a little late today. Uh, we were late today because of the fact that, uh, you know, things are just, it's, it's even Rumble is running really, really slow as far as getting streams up and out. Um, so what I want you to do is to take comfort in the fact that the more you're attacked, the more you're doing God's work. It's that simple. When a marriage is attacked the most, when a husband and a wife are experiencing the deepest and and most troubling trials, it's when they are doing well together and they are one on the same page uh, under God. It's when a marriage is experiencing God's presence at at an all-time high, that is when the devil instructs the demons. He's like, uh-oh, he's almost like, it's almost like he's getting a warning, like a siren going off in hell. They're doing good. Go stop that from happening. And it's the same thing when you're doing the Lord's work on a podcast or, 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 or putting the truth out, putting, you know, doing it in God's, uh, with God's presence. The same thing. That little siren's going off in hell. And devil's like, all right, demons, we got to get going here. We got to get going. Too many good things are happening. And that's what's happening right now. So I want to talk about the title of today's show, Honor versus Di- o- Obedience. Honor versus Obedience. 
Now, I had titled this something different, but I changed the title right before the show. So if yours is still saying apology versus obedience, then maybe you should uh, refresh and, 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 and see what it says now. It says honor versus obedience. A lot of people are saying they're having rumble uh, problems with the Rumble app. I don't use the Rumble app. I use the browser if I'm on my phone. It looks just like the computer, so I like I like to uh, I, I like to use the browser. Honor versus obedience. Let's let's get into to this. Would your parents have been happier with honor or obedience? Thank you, Stretch. Oh, God bless you, man. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. VD is coming Wednesday. What is that, Eli? Eli, VD is coming Wednesday? I don't know what that is. Hope it's not. Oh, Valentine's Day. I was going to say, I hope that's not a venereal disease. I'm just saying. I see VD, and that's all the first thing I think of. Valentine's Day. I never heard it called VD. It's obvious, but hey, you ready for VD this month? I don't know. I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> T. Mitchell says, what do you mean when you say browser? Okay, here's what I mean. You go to whatever browser you use, whether it's DuckDuckGo or Google or whatever it is, and you go to Rumble on that rather than the app. See, it looks just like the computer. So use your browser on your phone rather than the app itself if you're having problems with the app. So my question is, Would your parents have been happier with honor or obedience? Which one would you prefer as a parent or as an employer? Maybe you're an employer and you have a bunch of employees. Would you rather have honor or obedience from your children? Both are good. And I'd say I want both. But we're going to discuss the difference between honor and obedience today. Okay? The difference between honor and obedience. So here we go. We're first, uh, let's get to the Lord's, or let's get to, excuse me, praying to God. Because God says be constant in prayer. Pray before everything. Make me a part of everything. That's why I've always prayed as we start live from America. And that kind of led us to rise up. I have never done a live from America unless I've forgotten to pray. And then I end up praying later in the show. But I have never done in my life a live from America that I didn't pray, that I didn't start out by giving honor to the Lord. So we're going to do that right now. Please remove your hats if you're wearing one anyway. And let's go to the Lord. Lord and Heavenly Father, over the last year and three months, you have blessed us with the ability to be able to come together every morning and do this Godcast where we have fellowship. And you've always promised that where there are two or more gathered in the name of the Lord, that is where you dwell. And I have felt your presence here five days a week every morning with these great, wonderful, God-fearing people that you have brought together to worship you 
on a daily basis. The audience grows. The awareness is getting bigger. And maybe one day we'll have a million people watching as we do this prayer right here for Rise Up. Just like your word and just like your presence is infinite and dwells forever, Rise Up will be here long after every other show on this network because it's the only show that will live in, in, in that will live infinite. The words of this show will be infinite because they're your words. And for that, we are so thankful. We're also thankful for discernment and knowledge to understand the difference between words, personalities, actions, and decisions. We pray that our decisions don't lead to division, the last thing in the world that you want for your children. Today we're going to be talking about the differences between obedience and honor. And Lord, we pray that you can help us get the message out. And for those who are listening, understand and comprehend the message and apply it to their everyday life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I have learned now two new verses this year. My, my goal, I don't have a number, but my goal is to memorize as many verses as I can this year. And I've now memorized two new verses this year. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll learn 12. Maybe I'll learn one a month. Maybe I'll learn two a month. Maybe I'll learn five a month. But one thing that I've never been able to do, or one thing I've never prioritized, I guess I should say, is memorizing scripture and knowing where to find certain things. And I thought, well... I'm at my walk with Jesus now where that's, it's time for me to learn that. So I have learned 2 Kings 25 and I have learned 1 Samuel 2.2. Now, the reason that I learned 1 Samuel 2.2 was because my seven-year, six-year-old daughter, about to be seven, she has a, a test today in her Bible school or in her, in her, in her Christian school. And it, every, every week they have a new verse they have to memorize every couple weeks, and she has a test today on 1 Samuel 2.2. And 1 Samuel 2.2 uh, is not easy for a six-year-old to remember. I mean, I guess no verses are easy for a six-year-old to remember, but maybe that's when you're like a sponge. Maybe that's when you remember everything. I don't know. But she's been working really hard um, on Samuel 2.2. And it, uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel 2.2, uh, there is none like the Lord. For there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. 1 Samuel 2.2. And that's what she has to, that's her test today. So pray that she gets a good grade on that. I think she will. She's been working very hard. And I've been working with her every day this week. And uh, she's really good. She's really good. So uh, memorizing verses is is very, uh, very important. But not just memorizing them. Knowing them, knowing what they mean, studying them. Don't just memorize like a song, study it. Know what it means and it'll flow from your heart. We don't just want to just just memorize verses. We want to memorize them, but we want to cement them into our soul so we know what they mean so that we can bring them up when we need to. Okay? All right. The difference between honor and obedience very simple. 
Ready for this? Obedience needs a command in order to follow. In order to be obedient, you need a command. Honor requires no command, requires no direction, requires nobody to tell you anything. That's the difference between honor and obedience. One needs a command, the other does not. Let's get into it. If I'm obedient to God or to Jesus or to you or to my mom or my dad or my boss, they previously said, Jeremy, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, I can do that. God gave a command to Noah, build an ark. Fill that ark. Thank you, Music73. I appreciate the compliment on my weight loss. Fill that ark with two kinds of every animal, for there is a flood coming. Build a boat. I will build a boat. Uh, Anyway, God commanded Moses. To build the tabernacle. So Moses did. God commanded Moses to lead the chosen people out of Egypt into the promised land. It took 40 years to do it. And he did it. But let's talk about King David for a minute. King David is known to be a man after God's own heart. Well, how is that so? By the way, share the video, folks. I know a lot of people are having a hard time finding it. If you've already shared, it's okay. You can share again. Get new eyes on this. Let's get it going, folks. Let's let's do our job for this Godcast. David is said to be a man after God's own heart. Well, how could that be? David was a murderer. David David was prideful. David was lustful. He lusted after women. He had a lot of pride. He had somebody murdered because of his lust for a woman. He had a baby with the woman whose husband he sent to die. So how could David, after having all of that, still be a man after God's own heart? And I'll tell you why. Because David knew how to honor God. Don't get me wrong. David was obedient. But David knew how to honor God. He knew how to please 
Father God in heaven without being told to do so. Now, he was also a repentant man. He repented constantly to Adonai, Yahweh, Father God, the creator of all, Father of lights. But when God says that David is a man after my own heart, what he's simply saying is, David knows how to honor me. So you ask yourself, okay, how did God, or how did David know how to honor God? What do you have as proof that David knew how to honor God, that David was a man after God's own heart? He built the temple. He built the temple, folks. God did not instruct David to build the temple. He instructed Moses to build the tabernacle. That's for sure. But he did not instruct or tell or command David to build the temple. David did that because he was a man after God's own heart. He didn't need to be told to honor God. He did it without being told. So if you are in any way distraught about the sin that you've committed, as long as you are repenting from that sin and you are serious and you are a man or a woman after God's own heart, And you don't need God to tell you how to honor him, how to love him, how to spread his word. You don't need to be told to go out of your way to do something nice for somebody. I'm going to tell you a little, uh, let let me give you an analogy. Solomon did finish the temple. David started it. Hope up. That's, that was your question. I thought Solomon built the temple. Solomon did ultimately end up building the temple. He was the one who built and finished the temple, but David started it. Let me tell you a story real quick. An analogy, I guess. Yes, you're right. Solomon built it, but David started it. 100%. I guess I should have been a little bit more clear on that. Solomon finished his father's father's plans to build this temple for God. Sorry, I wasn't a little bit more clear on that. A teacher put a bunch of balloons in a classroom... And said to the, to, to the children of the class, write your name on this balloon. So everybody wrote their name on the balloon. All these kids. Tons of kids in the classroom, right? Big city school. Everybody wrote their name on the balloon. All these different colored balloons. She put them in the hallway. Filled the hallway with balloons. 100 balloons. She said, I want you guys to go in there all together 
and find your balloon. That was an obedient. That was an order. So these children, being obedient, they went into the hallway, school hallway, so it's long. Balloons are filled everywhere, all these different colors. Do you know only like 5% of the kids found their balloons? That's a true story. It's a great analogy too. Only 5% of the children found their own balloon. So then the teacher said, okay, put the balloons back down. Everybody come out of the hallway. So everybody put the balloons down, left the hallway, went back to the classroom. Now the teacher said, I want you to all go back in that hallway now. And when you find somebody else's balloon, give it to them. A hundred percent of the children in that class stood there in the hallway when it was all said and done. And they all were holding their own balloons. Moral of that story is, is that when you are not worried about yourself, let's say that the balloons represent joy and happiness. If you go out there searching yourself for your own joy and happiness and you are concerned with only making sure that you find your own joy and your own happiness, you probably won't find it, and nobody around you will be any better off than they were when you started. However, when you go out there in that hallway full of balloons... And you work for somebody else to bring them their joy and their happiness. Everybody had their joy and their happiness. There wasn't a single person looking for, them, for their own stuff. There was no selfishness. It was all, I need to do this for somebody else so that we can finish this exercise and that we're all here together on the same page. And just because the directive was to honor others and help others, everybody was happy. That's how God wants us to be. That is, that is a man or a woman after God's own heart. That is being like David. Yes, you're a sinner. Yes, you've done bad things. Yes, you screw up almost every single day. But if you are a child of God, then that smile can remain on your face. You can get over your anger, get over your problems in a millisecond. I did this morning. I had an issue this morning I was very upset about. It took me about five minutes to get out of that. And all I did was close my eyes and say, okay, enough of that. I call on the Lord. This is ridiculous. This is the devil. These are not feelings from God. These are bad feelings. 
So what a great analogy. When you work together for the good of others, everybody achieves what they want to achieve. And if they don't achieve something here on this, in the world or a worldly achievement, they still feel spir- spiritually satisfied. And I thought that was a great story, a great analogy on having a heart of, uh, uh, or being after God's own heart. Like working together to make everybody else feel joyful and happy. That's what God wants us to do. That's what God wants us to do. So when you ask the difference between honor and obedience, obedience comes with a command, and that's okay. That's okay. If God tells me to do something, I will be happy to go do it. I'll be happy to go do it. And God will, God will be giving me commands till the day I die, I'm sure. And I'm happy to listen to it. But I, I want to be like David. Eli, remember those old commercials, um, Michael Jordan, want to be like Mike? Want to be like Mike? Everybody wanted to be like Mike? I want to be like David. Maybe we could bring that back. Maybe we could bring back the be like Mike slogan and all that and put it on a shirt and be like David. That's who I want to be like. I want to be a person after God's own heart. I want to wake up every day and go, how am I going to honor God today? How am I going to do that? How am I going to, like, I can't surprise God, right? Because he, he knows. But boy, I can make him proud, can I? I can make him sit there and go, that a boy. That's my son. Something my dad never did, right? I can do that to God. I can do that with God. I know God. I know that God won't be like my earthly father. I know that because I have his promises. So I know that if I go out there and I honor God in the morning, in the day, in the, in the evening, in the night, then God is going to be sitting there like doing one of these. Like, mm, dad, a boy, that's my son rooting me on like a cheerleader. Folks, before we go to any um, videos, you know those movies where, like, a child was an orphan or a child didn't know their parents and they grew up with resentment towards their parent and then they found their parent and then they were so mad at their parent, they're like, why did you ever leave me? Why did you give me up? And they found out that the story was very different, that not only did they not give them up, maybe they, they were kidnapped. And the story went cold, but then they find out that the parents, the rightful parents of, uh, uh, that, 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 that they didn't know growing up, they find out that they did everything they can to look for them. They found out that there was case after case, that they were given reward money after reward money, that they never, ever gave up. You've seen movies like that, right? And then all of a sudden, the kid feels like, oh, I had, my, I had misplaced anger this whole time. I didn't know. Had I known that you'd never given up looking for me, I wouldn't have been so angry my whole life. And then there's just an instant bond between those two. Think about God. Think about God for a minute. Think about what he's doing for you and you don't even know it. Think about how he's trying to save you. You don't even know it. Think about how he's trying to find you when you're lost. You don't even know it. Think about the search parties of angels that he puts together to come and find you, the the strayed sheep 
and you don't even know it. You're out there wandering around, scared, worried, fearful. Ah, what's happening to me? And God has got a search party of angels looking for you. And you don't even know it. God works tirelessly day after day after day after day for you to find you, to hold you up, to hug you, to kiss you, to love you, to do that same thing that I just, good, good job, good job. That's what God is wanting to do with you every day. And you say, let's see, he's not doing that with little old me. He's got a 7 billion, 8 billion people in the world to deal with. I can promise you he is. I can promise you, you are that important to him. And so when you honor him, Rather than just be obedient, which, by the way, is great. If you're obedient to God, that's better than 90% of the world. But while he's out there working tirelessly for you, and then you honor him out of the blue, you don't think that he's like, I knew you were going to do that, but, you know, tears come to his eyes. I'd like to imagine that God can cry and God can laugh. I mean, we're built in his image, and we have a sense of humor, and we cry, right? Ladies and gentlemen, it is Comfort Friday, isn't it? So we've got a Ray Comfort video to show you, don't we? Now, I have not seen this video. I know it was, um, I know it was uploaded previously, uh, but I just I haven't had a chance to see it myself yet. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ray Comfort Friday. And this uh, video that we're going to watch is titled, This is the Most Hated Thing Jesus Said. Roll it. Okay, I'm going to ask you something really personal. Can you handle that? Maybe. What about you? I'm sure. Do you get pleasure out of lusting after women? Sometimes. If I see a girl I like, I mean, maybe. What about you? Do you get pleasure out of lusting after women? I wouldn't say pleasure just because, like, when I lust after someone, like, I feel gross. You mean your conscience condemns you? Yeah. Do you know what's morally wrong? Is that what you're telling me? I feel like I'm making someone uncomfortable, and, it, like, it makes me by proxy. They don't even know about it. When you look at porn, they don't know about it, but you can get pleasure from it. Am I right? Yeah. You think lust is morally wrong? What do you think God thinks of it? I don't think lust is inherently morally wrong. That's just like a, just an instinctual thing. It's just so what... you're a primate. You want to procreate, and that's your primal instinct. That's what we are. That's what we do. Do you respect Jesus? If I knew Jesus, I would respect him. I respect what he what he did based off of the, the book. Yeah. yeah. Do you respect Jesus? To a point, yeah. This is why he's so hated. Firstly, he said, the world hates me because I testify of its deeds that are evil. And here is probably one of the most hated things he ever said. He said, whoever looks upon a woman to lust for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that? I think so. So how are you going to do on Judgment Day when God brings out all your sins as evidence of your guilt? Go to hell. I'm just going to go down. What about the other commandments? Lying and stealing. Have you lied and stolen? Yeah. Yeah. Ever use God's name in vain? All the time. Ever use the name of Jesus and Jesus Christ in cussing? Once or twice. Yeah. What about you? Quite a few times. Isn't that amazing? Only one person in all of history has ever had his name used as a cuss word, and it's the one who said the world hates me. So, Ladies and gentlemen, did, uh, did I pull up the wrong one? Did we see this one uh, already? I might have pulled up the wrong one. I think I did. I think that was, yeah, we saw that one already. I apologize. I wanted to pull up the one... I had three of them pulled up here. I think we saw that one on Monday, didn't we? 
I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to play the wrong one. I think this is the one I wanted to pull up. Do you give me a second house? here? Apologize for that. I think I, I think we saw that one on Monday. So let's go to this one. You said something I've never heard before, and I've interviewed thousands of people. You said you believe in spirits. You don't believe in God because you believe in something bigger than God. What on earth could be bigger than God? I went to uh, Catholic school and middle school, and um, they really pushed in God into us. I really strayed away from God from then. For a long time, I was an atheist, but um, I say there's a higher power. Like, uh, yes, we were created, but I don't believe in the, like, the Holy Spirit and God. So I hear what you're saying. There's a traditional belief in God that's revealed through religion. You've got an image of God that's different from what you've learned in Catholic school. Yeah. Is life a mystery to you? I say so. Do you believe in evolution, or do you think God made man in his own image as male and female? I believe in evolution. So in the beginning was what? Um, it had to be nothing. Yeah, there had to be nothing. And then... How did nothing become life? Flowers and birds and trees, sun, moon, stars, puppies and kittens and seasons and fruits. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been one heck of a week because everybody's saying that they saw that one too. So I don't know if there is one that you haven't seen, uh, but this was yesterday's, and I know I haven't seen this one, and this was the last one I had. So let's try one more time. Here we go. The last days. We know that it is. If you want to split any church right down the middle, tell them about your own personal interpretation of Bible prophecy. But despite the controversy of what will happen when, there are certain signs that are becoming so evident it's undeniable. One of them is very specific. Jesus said it would happen just before the second coming. Directly after talking about this sign, he said, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And he'll be seen by every person. Behold, he's coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. This particular sign that Jesus said would be evident right before his coming must have been a mystery to Bible scholars of the past. But now it makes sense because of the progress of modern science. Listen to scripture. And there will be signs in the sun. How can there be signs in the sun? In a science article on Vox.com titled, the sun's poles are about to flip, it's awesome and slightly terrifying, a scientist explains why it's slightly terrifying. Every 11 or so years, the sun undergoes an epic transformation. Its magnetic poles reverse. The sun's poles last reversed in 2013. So we're just about due, likely starting sometime this year. Then he said why it's slightly terrifying. Of particular concern are the coronal mass ejections. These are explosions that hurl charged matter like shotgun shot across the solar system. They have the ability to disrupt communication satellites in space, of which there are an ever-increasing number. But then the scientist says something that's very interesting. The solar poles flipping is not, as it might sound, the sign of impending apocalypse. Why did he say that? because he suspects that we will see the signs in the sun as just one of the many undeniable signs that we're seeing being fulfilled before our very eyes. These include lawlessness, wars and rumors of wars, and nation rising against nation. But Can we pause this for a second? I know we're running late, and I know we, excuse me, I know we started late, but I just want to pause this for a second um, because I want to talk about the sun real quick. Um, 
Ladies and gentlemen, what day did God make the sun? Does anybody know on which day God made the sun? There were seven days. He rested on the seventh day. Here's a good question for you. What day of creation did God make the sun? Let's see who gets it right first. And again, I know we're running short on time and we're not going to be able to get everything in, but that's okay. That's okay. What do we got here? Oh, I think the chat might be, chat might be going, oh, there it is right there. Okay. Stretch says the fourth day. Only one who wanted to answer? The first day. Nope, not the first day. Not the first day. Third day? Stretch says fourth day. Faith says day three. Third day. First. Wow, look at all of the. See, this is a very easy question. Everybody should be on this, on the same page on this one. But yet we have everybody on a different page. We have first day, second day, third day, fourth day, seventh day. (laughs) We've got literally every day of the week. Well, I can tell you this. It wasn't the first. It wasn't the second. So how did we have light when God said, let there be light? Does anybody want to guess? How did we have light? I mean, this is a, it's, it's, it's crazy. You can ask a very, very simple question that we all think we know the answer to, right? God said, let there be light. Where did that light come from? Now, Dodie, you would think that that's obvious. The first day, let there be light. Wrong though. The light was God. The light was before the sun. Think about that. So when you go to, when, we, when we're in our new heaven, when heaven is on the new earth and we're all together, he said there'll be no night, right? There'll be no, there'll be no day and night. It'll always be light. Well, there's, it's not a sun. It's God's light. God was the light. When God said, let there be light, he was talking about him, his light. The sun wasn't created until after God's light was here. Pretty incredible stuff, huh? Now, a lot of people don't know that. I mean, again, some people are going to go, yeah, we already knew that. A lot of people didn't, though. I mean, as you can see in the chat, the let there be light statement was not the sun. It was God. It was God. Now, we're not going to be able to finish that Ray Comfort video, and I apologize. That's my fault. I shouldn't have started late, and I, should have, I shouldn't have had two previous ones pulled up and, and gone through them. That's my fault. But I'm, I'm very glad that we did because I've been wanting to ask that question for about three weeks now, and I've not been able to come up with a good time to, to really bring that up. So it was nice that Ray reminded me. Here's my last question for you, okay? When is the first time that the angels saw God's face. This one will blow your mind. We have three minutes here. I think we can do this one. I think we can fit this one in. Ready? When was the first time that the angels who predated us 
When was the first time they ever saw God's face? Does anybody know? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Well, check this out. This blew my mind as well. I want to ask the question, when did angels first see the face of God? Well, we know that in the Old Testament, angels could not look into the face of God. That is why in Isaiah chapter 6, the angels are covering their face with their wings. They cannot look into the brilliant face of God. But when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, we are told that the heavens were filled with an innumerable host of angels who all came to announce his birth and to see him. And Paul refers to this in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where he says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh and was seen of angels. When Jesus appeared as a baby in Bethlehem, it was the first time that angels had ever been able to look into the face of God. And they all came because finally they could look into the face of God in the person of of Jesus Christ. And that is the first time that angels ever looked into the face of God. Whoa! Now there was three people in here who got that right. Me, I did not get that right. When I was asked that question, I did not get that right. I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, didn't they see him when they were all standing in front of him and Satan said, have you... Or God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? But I didn't really think of it deep enough until that explanation. And my mind was blown. That's why the angels were rushing to earth to get a glimpse of Jesus. That's why they were rushing here. That's why they couldn't wait. That's why they were falling over each other to get a glimpse of Jesus. Because they wanted to see God's face for the first time time and they knew that 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 Jesus was God manifest in the flesh and when you take these little videos like this and you go back and you read scripture and you line it all up you go wow how didn't I see that (laughs) you know really 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 incredible stuff and it always puts a smile on my face I don't know about you but it always puts a smile on my face okay guys that's gonna do it I am so very sorry I'm so very sorry that we started late today and that we had some technical difficulties, but it's never going to stop the word of God. So do me a favor. Make sure that you share all of our videos every day, all day, all shows. Log in and give a thumbs up to all shows. It's not that hard. Just log in, thumbs up, log in, thumbs up. Another show, thumbs up. Another show, thumbs up. Show us how much you love LFA TV. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, always keep God first place. I love you all. Mike Crispy comes up next. Followed by two hours of Live from America to end this week. Thank you guys very much. Have a great, great morning.